Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bible. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. I know that's a shocker for some of you. Cannot believe we're, you never would have thought we were going to Ephesians 6. We've only done that for 13 weeks now. Can you believe that? That is good. Before this thing's all said and done, we're going to know what this, this portion of Scripture says and how to apply to our life. It's been, it's been uh, kind of extended over two series. Our first series was uh, the battlefield, and uh, all those messages are online on spiritual warfare, and, and then it kind of graduated into this second series called the Armor of God. So uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. You got it? Amen. Your Bible should almost be just automatically falling open to that, that spot right now if you've been coming regularly over the last three months. So Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, amen, but against principalities, against spiritual powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. One translation says the high places. And so that's going to make even a connection today when we talk about the high places of our mind and the highest part of us and our body is where the enemy will hit. Verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, for all the saints. Amen. That's a good word. That's why we've been hanging out there for a long time because that is such, such a good portion of scripture that we need to apply to our life. Amen. Can we pray one more time? Bang, yes, just close your eyes. Pray with me. Don't listen to me. Talk. Take advantage of this opportunity to talk to him for a minute. So just do that. Father, I thank you today for what you're doing in our church. God, you continue to get glory and praise and honor for it all. God, I'm just thankful for everything that's taking place in hearts and lives that are being changed. And thank you for your word. I, I believe that in it is the answer to every question that we have in life, God. I thank you that it is a source of strength. It's where our faith comes today, God. It is light. It's a lamp into our feet, God, and it's a light into our pathway, God, where things get dark, this is bright, Lord. And I just declare today, Father, in this room, in this place, Father, the Holy Spirit will just flow freely into our hearts and lives. Every hindrance of the enemy right now who may try to stop this word from flowing into someone's heart, I come against that in Jesus' name. I come against every every attack of the evil one and the authority of the name of Jesus. And I just believe today, God, your word's going to change us. It's going to help us grow. And it's going to be a light, Lord, today in a very dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I said it already. We're in this series called The Armor of God. Uh, we... We have to see, and, uh, and I've talked about this, that we do have to see that we have spiritual weapons because we are in a spiritual war. 
You've probably heard that before. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this. But I just kind of got thinking, the Lord just kind of hit me with this and reminded me of this, that in, in almost three months now, I've never ever really spent any time in hitting the opposite. So I'm not going to preach a message on this today, but Lord did have me put this in my notes, and I feel like I should just share it with you, that also the opposite applies to what I just said. If, if that makes sense. You, you have to use the spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual war. All right? But that also means this. You can't just use a spiritual weapon if there's a natural issue that needs to be dealt with. All right, so, uh, so I, I hope this makes sense, but I, I haven't said much about it. But, so that means this. That means if just a few examples, if there is a financial issue in your life, in your situation that the enemy is coming against you with, do fight that spiritually. Amen. I mean, I, I believe the Bible's there. Fight it with, with the Spirit. But also do this. Apply in the natural what you learn in the Spirit. Okay, so that, that looks like this. That kind of plays out and, and shows itself and is done like this. You kind of play it out this way. So if you have the financial situation or if you're not in a financial situation, you still want to walk in obedience. So you take the financial situation that you have, you pray in the spirit, trusting God in faith, believing in what God says to do, but you don't just stop there. Okay, you do this, you get up and in the natural acting out what you prayed for, believed in the spirit, God's going to use you to bring forth the answer to the situation. I'm telling you, you'll see this. And so you do this, you make the decision to then after you get up off your knees, write a check. So some of y'all, man, that's all they talk about in church. This first time now, I've spent three months in this area and never mentioned anything about the natural. Everything we've been talking about is spiritual, but this is spiritual operating, working and flowing itself. So you do this. Then you make a budget. Oh, man, this is good. I must be on something. Um, you, you, then you do this. Then you spend less than you make. Good preaching, Pastor. Go ahead and bring it, man. You're telling us that you love us that much. No, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? So again, spiritual problem, situation, operate, manifest, self, and natural. Do what it says to do. You get it up and you walk it out. You, you give, you tithe, you walk in obedience, and then you don't spend what you don't have. What done, what, when, you, when you add it all up, if there's a certain amount there, you say, we got to do whatever we have to do to be below that number. Because I can get in here and equip you, man, and tell you, man, put on the armor of God, walk it out, do this thing, man. But then if you don't do those others, you're going to be mad at me. Oh, Pastor, I'll get, a, I'll get an email, man. Somebody tweet me, man. You said so-and-so. Yeah, I said it. It's true, but then you got to walk it out. Same thing in the physical. If you know there's a situation in your physical body, if there are things there, you need to do this. You need to pray about it. God is a healer. He heals. I, I've, I've watched him with my eyes. It's really cool to see. I'm praying God just to even do more of it because he wants to. It's his plan. It's his desires. It's in his book. It's the Bible. It's one of the promises we have. To see signs and wonders and manifestation of miracles happen right there. And I've seen it. I've watched it. I've watched people get healed immediately of things. But then you need to do this. After you get up, pray in faith, believe God for the answer, then you get up and take care of your body. Man, this is good stuff, man. This is worth it today to come. For, I'm telling you, just this prelude to the message is worth today showing up in church. And then you do this. You believe God for the answer. You educate yourself. If you have a situation within your body, you believe God, trust him, never in any way back down from what God's word says about your healing. But then you do this. You get up and you do this. You, you, you have to look at the calories 
You burn more than you consume. Remember, you don't spend what you ain't got in the finance. In this one, you got to spend a little more than what, you, what you're taking in to start seeing maybe some things happen on the scale like you want to see it happen. I didn't blew, I should have saved this for the end, man. Maybe, it, but I just went ahead and broke y'all in early in this message. But you see what I'm saying? So you have to look at that. And again, I'm saying this today when we're getting ready to throw peace out there today, chips, all kind of stuff. It's the Super Bowl, man. I give you permission today to do that. But then walk this stuff out in the natural. Do what it says. Burn more than you consume. Uh, if there's certain things that you have a situation in your body, find out what you should do in your part to make sure that you're doing the things you can do in the natural. Man, that's good. We're talking about one of the things, someone come to me and somebody's laid something on their heart and we're trying to figure out what this looks like, but to start a health and a wellness type thing through Faith Renewed and throw some ways that you can get connected through some social media and get plugged in and hold each other accountable and walk out some of this stuff, man. I'm like, that's awesome because I believe we should do those things as well. We should walk it out. If it for you, if the situation may be, may be a, a relational issue that you have with somebody, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and get it all out here in the open, man. Just lay it all out there, Pastor. Bring it on. Yeah, you, if you have a relational issue with someone, somebody's getting on your nerves, something's happened or something's going down, then you do this. You pray. Don't pray, God, kill them. <laughs> Don't pray that. That's wrong, man. You are not a Christian if you pray like that. <laughs> Don't pray that way. But you, you pray, and then you get up and do this. You be nice. There's going to be three people here in church next week. <laughs> or 3,000. I don't know. Maybe I think, I think we need to hear truth in God's house. Amen. But, but, but we have to get up and then be nice. I walk this stuff out. I, man, Lord, challenge me with a scripture this week. Bless those who persecute you. Man, pray for those and love those who, who come against you. I'm like, man, that's unbelievable. God will use anything. He'll use an enemy to get a blessing to you. So whatever it is that he has to do, let him use that. Do this stuff, but don't just look at everything in the spirit. Try it for a little while, and then if nothing happens, don't get mad at me. Do this. Walk it out by faith, and it happens, and we'll see this today later on, that we'll see God do works through us because of what the grace and the faith that is in us. Amen? And so it's just good news today. But so again, walk that out just to prelude that I feel like God would have me say it's been months and months and months since I've hit anything anywhere remotely close to those issues, but that's good. Amen. Amen. Who's still with me right now? Amen. Don't leave me by myself. I mean, don't leave me by myself. All right. The armor of God. We have been looking at this stuff. And again, we walk this stuff out by faith in the natural, but God does supernatural works in our life. And he's given us Today, every weapon that we need to fight the fight of faith. So we saw it, the belt of truth. Uh, so that means this, you don't believe the hype, all right? Don't believe the lie. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't get caught up in that thing. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life, amen? Nobody gets to follow us if they go through him. And so you stand in truth, refuse to believe the lie. Second one we looked at was the breastplate of righteousness, amen? We stand before the holy God. We was talking about being in his presence on holy ground a few moments ago. Man, I love that song. I, just such a powerful song that if you think about, but one day we will come before that holy God. Each of us in this room will come before him and we will bow down before him. And today, if you are in this room, a Christian, a believer, you've accepted God's gift of grace, he now, because of righteousness that he's made and granted to you through the work of Jesus, you can come and bow before that holy 
God without fear and without, without, without struggle, with an assurance that God is on your side. Amen? So again, the righteousness of God, you put that breastplate on and walk that out. Third one we looked at was the sandals of peace. Love that, the sandals of peace. True peace can only come from Jesus. It cannot come in any other form, any other fashion. It won't, be, it, won't, it won't produce itself in a bottle. It may make you forget about something for a few moments, but peace cannot come through any other avenue except through Jesus. It's the gospel of peace. Remember, it's the good news, and, and God gave that to us. And so I love also that he made that foot connection with peace. That means we can walk in peace. We can walk out peace. Remember, peace was this. Peace was even in the midst of havoc of war, you still can have tranquility. Devil throwing everything at you, and you just see yourself, man, out on the beach, toes in the sand, kick back, enjoying it, walking in peace. And again, that can only come through Jesus because the enemy is fighting. You know, he's fighting. He's doing everything he can right now to cause division and separation and, and fights amongst you and amongst your family and amongst your people that you work with. He's doing that and trying to cause division because he knows that God so much wants you to have peace in your life. Amen? That's good. The shield of faith. We talked about it last week, man. One of the most important things we have is our faith. I mean, you have, God's given us, and we must walk this out. He's given us faith. We know that he gave it. He granted it to us, but we do things. And again, in the according to Scripture, we build that. We develop it. We use it. We operate in it. So again, he's given us that faith, and it's something we should pass down. Amen? We pass that down. We built a wall last week, and it was awesome. Love seeing some of the pictures on Facebook of the men of God in this church coming up, rising up, being a force, saying that we're going to be the walls of the church by the Spirit of God. And we're going to do this. We're going to pass that down to the next generation. Amen? That car is going to fade away. The tires are going to rot, fall off. It's going to burn up one day, man. But if we pass on faith, it can never be stolen. That is good. Amen. Amen. Today is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The warfare for us is in our mind. Okay? I, I, I won't hang there long because in, in the Battlefield series, I spent a lot of time there. Go back and listen to that series. But it always connects, and the warfare always happens within our mind. Uh, if he can do this, if he can whip you in your mind, he can whip you anywhere. It's, it just happens. He can whip you in that place. He can whip you anywhere. And, and, and it's just amazing what someone happens and what they do when they get a made-up mind. You ever saw somebody say, man, they didn't got their mind made up. They already have their mind in this thing. There's no change in it. Somebody, some of y'all live with them. You know, they done made up their mind, and there's no change in it. And it's just they've made up their mind, and that's just how it's going to be. Sometimes that's a good thing. We should happen in the Scripture and apply that to our life and get in our mind some stuff. We'll find out some things that God wants us to get in our minds. So we should happen. I, I love a couple things, man. If you know me, you know, I like hunting, fishing, and I also like UFC. UFC is, is some people's ask for a bear, that's in this and that or whatever it is. If I offend you, I apologize. But, but I like that sport because I think it's one of the true real sports that are out there today. These guys get locked in a cage, the door closes, and then they go at it. There's, there's two guys, a fight is getting ready to come up. One's the champion, one's the challenger, one's called uh, John Jones, and the other one is called Chael Sonnen. Uh, if, if you know Chael Sonnen, if you know anything about the sport, he's a very, very large mouth guy. His mouth is way bigger and better than his skills are. But he's got skills, man. The guy, he, he kicks tail. He takes names. He, 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 does, he does some crazy stuff. But one of the greatest weapons that he has is his mouth. 
He's good at it, man. He, 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 can, he can get up there and he can talk junk with the best of them. Right now, he is the current coach on the show that comes on, The Ultimate Fighter. And then John Jones, who is the champion, is the other coach. And so they asked Chael in an interview, why is it that you took this job? Why did you take this position? Why did you agree to this fight? And what is your strategy? And it was just kind of interesting because he knows this. John Jones is a, just a beast. He is a specimen, man. A dude just, it's crazy some of the stuff he does in the cage to people, and it's just scary. And I think Chael deep down knows he doesn't have the skills to fight John Jones, but he said this, I took the job as a coach in the house because I want to, over the next six weeks, do everything that I can to get in his head. And I love that, man. He says, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get in his head. I'm going to hit him with everything that I can in his mind before we ever get in the cage. I'm going to do everything I can to get him off his game plan. I'm going to tell him stuff. I'm going to say stuff. I'm going to do everything that I can so that hopefully when he gets in the ring, his mind will have me in it and, and he'll somehow in some way get off of the game plan, the strategy that he has, and he'll somehow be able to take him out. And I got to thinking, Man, that's how the enemy works. He does not have the skill level you have. He does not have the weapons that you've been given. He does not have the power. He does not have the dominion, the authority, everything that God's granted and given to you. He does not have those things, but he knows this. If he can get inside your head, hmm. If he can get inside your mind and somehow get you off the plan, if he can somehow get you out of the book, get you out of the, the plan and the game plan that you have and that you're getting ready to bring onto the battlefield, if he can get you there and whip you there, he can whip you on the battlefield. So he's doing this today. He is doing everything that he can to get inside your mind. He's doing everything that he can right now to stress you out, to get you worried, to get you into a place of fear, get you into a place of doubt. He's trying to do everything he can right now to get you to quit and to give up. So that means you do this. Drive him out of your mind. Now, this, this is not human, secular humanism. This is not any way. Just Do you think better? Bless the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Come on, praise this name. You know, just think positive. And I'm not talking about just thinking positive. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about getting the enemy out of your mind. And Paul talks about this. Paul gives a scripture and he begins to show us in the book there are things that we need to do to get him out of our mind because that's where it hits. Romans 12, 2. If you have that, take notes, write this down, highlight this, and look at it. Bible says, and Paul said it in scripture, he said, do not be conformed to this world. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, <laughs> it's huge. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He didn't say be, be transformed by just trying to just be better or do better. or just. You renew your mind. You get your mind on Christ. You get your mind off of that situation. So he always says that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God so that you may prove. How many times have we ask God to just prove your will, man? Show me your will. Do this will. God, I want your will, man. And we should. We should pray that way. Ask God to do it. Remember, but we get up and do some stuff. This is what he said to do in this one. You renew your mind so that you can prove it. How many knows you have something to do in that thing? That you prove this, what God's perfect plan is for your life, where you come in and then you begin to renew the mind and think this way. And the world's doing this right now. The world is doing everything it can to pull you in 
and shape you in to their mold. We learned this in Colossians. We did a deep study on Wednesday nights. We know that during that study, that book was written because they were, in, they were trying to somehow dilute the gospel. At one point, Paul was teaching and clarifying and speaking that Jesus is enough. He's all you need. It is a gospel of grace. It's truth. It's life. And then somehow, because this is what happened, they built highways. They began to grow. They began to expand. Cities began to be able to do this, connect with one another. You know, today we can <clears throat> connect with anybody all over the world. We can just connect all the way. There's these highways that were built and created, and then they begin to do this. They begin to hear about somebody else's way of doing something, and they begin to do this. Well, maybe we can do, we can mix a little bit of this with a little bit of that and still call it Christianity. Man, that's good teaching. We, we, can, we can take a little bit of that, and we can do this, but we can still call it this higher being out there somewhere. Oh, there's a higher power. There's a higher power. His name's Jesus. And if you ever do this, if you ever look at anywhere else and think there's another higher power other than him, you're looking in the wrong place. But now we've deluded it. And we've somehow tried to get this thing to come over and say, well, you can believe this. We can all, can't we all, right? We can get along, man. Can't we just do this? No, we can do this. We can look at what God's word says and do it. Because the enemy's doing this. He's coming after today your mind. C.S. Lewis, man, one of my favorite writers in one of my favorite books called The Screwtape Letters. He captures this so well. And, and in this book, it is written in the way of a guy named Screwtape, who is the archdemon, who has taken Wormwood, his apprentice, and he's trying to teach them how to fight and come against the Christian, come against the patient, trying to come against the one that is the enemy. So here's what he says in quote. He says this, I want you to, to I want, we want him to be in the maximum uncertainty so that his mind will be filled with contradictory pictures of the future, every one of which arouses hope or fear. There is nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against God. Wow, been there. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. So this is what he does. He begins to get inside your mind and get you to worry get you to doubt, get you to young people, he, he gets you to a place where if you do this and you really walk this out at school, they're going to talk about you or they're going to make fun of you. If you really stand up for God and you really get bold, you know at the workplace, they, in the, at the coffee pot, they're going to be talking about you. Let them talk. We're not going to bow before them one day. We're going to bow before a holy God that we need to have in a relationship in our heart and in our life. But the enemy is constantly coming. But he said you need to take this and cover your head with salvation. I begin to, I just begin to think, and I just, I can't, I'm not good enough to strategize my messages and lay them out in certain orders. So I just kind of let the Holy Spirit lead that. But it's kind of interesting that we're talking about the helmet of salvation on Super Bowl Sunday. Today is the biggest football game in the history of, of NFL this year. I mean, there, there will never be another bigger game than what this, and I hope it produces. I hope it, I hope it is a closed game. I hope they go at it. I hate blowouts in the Super Bowl, man. I don't care if it was my team in there and I was cheering them on. I don't want them to win by 150 points, man. I want to see a fight. Go at it. But this is the biggest game. And isn't it crazy how in this and how this helmet of salvation that we're speaking about, that we're hearing today is, is something that those guys are going to be wearing today. How goofy would it be if they called out all the guys of the Super Bowl and Habernicki, Kaepernicki, what's his name? Which one? Second one, Kaepernicki. 
Is that right? Dude, that's good. Kaepernick, man. Kaepernick is a San Francisco 49ers quarterback. They call out uh, Kaepernick, and Kaepernick runs out onto the field without his helmet on his head. I guess they flip flags for that now, don't they? Is that, is that, yeah. But, but, but he goes out there. How goofy would it be to step out onto this field without having this helmet on, having this thing in place and wearing it? Because, again, they have to have this thing in place because here's the deal. It's protecting a very important part of their body, their brain. If the brain gets damaged, the whole body doesn't function right. If, if, if Kaepernick, what's the other guy's name, man? What's the other quarterback? Who? Man, I can't. Either one, both of them are bad. Flacco. If Flacco, <laughs> man, that's bad, man. What happened to like Rogers or something good, man? You know, if Flacco, Flacco, man, he, he comes out there, he takes a shot to the head, he gets brain damage. He's no longer able to think and make decisions and make the calls and get up there and act it out. Because of that, man, they're going to lose the game. And it's what happens with the enemy. He begins to do this. Your brain is being protected by the helmet of salvation. You put this thing on into place, and you begin to use that and put it in position because here's the deal. There's an enemy on the other side of the football that's trying to stop your advance of the game. There, there, is, there is an enemy out there who's wearing a different color, different jersey, different emblem on their head, and they're lined up at you. And if they can do this, if they can stop your advancement of moving forward, and they produce you to send you backwards, they win the game. Some of y'all wondering how football played out. That's it. That's it. So that, football 101. If, if today, if that happens more for the San Francisco 49ers, they win the game. If it happens on the other side, this is what takes place. But you've got to understand there's even more to it today, and the technology is nuts, man. I love it. Today, they're inside of a helmet. They said they're microphones and, and headsets. Now, I didn't ever get to play organized football. We played football in the backyard, and uh, we played hardcore. And our, our, uh, our, basically, our helmet and our microphone inside the head was, hey, go deep, all right? You know what I'm saying? That was our football play right there. Go, turn right, go down here, take a left or whatever. But now, inside the head and inside the helmet, they're speaking to the quarterback. And this guy is out in the middle of the field, He's out in the middle of all this chaos. He's out in the middle of, of 300-pound guys that's trying to take him out. And, and he's looking at this situation, and he's trying his best to figure out what he can do to somehow advance his shirt into the end zone, how he can somehow get his emblem into the end zone, get some points on the board. But what's cool today is this. Because of the helmet that he has on his head, there's somebody that's up in a high position I, I, coach's box, Coach, Coach Morton, help me with this. You know, they, they, they're up in the box, and they're doing this. They're talking to the guy in the field. And they're telling them this. You, you don't see this? They do it like this. Hold stuff in front of their face. You know, they, they, you know the quarter, coach does this, so you can't read his lips. You, you don't see this, Kaepernicki? Flacco, my brother, you don't know, you don't see this, but right now you don't know, but they are lining up in a certain position and they're going to take you out. And if you'll do this, if you'll make this one minor change, you'll be able to get a few more yards. I was like, wow, man, ain't it cool that right now 
And we put on the helmet of salvation, there's someone who has a way bigger perspective in your situation. Right now, it looks like to you that everywhere you turn, man, it's some 300-pound person trying to take you out. It made the, the, in this moment, right now, this could be the most jacked up, screwed up week of your life. And you feel like, man, these guys are getting closer and closer. And you're scrambling, you're moving, you're running around, you're trying to get out of the pocket, you're trying to retreat, you're trying to pull back, you're trying to do everything you can. But right now, the helmet of salvation, there's someone who is in a much higher position. The Holy Spirit does this. He speaks into our heart. He speaks into our life. He gives us direction. He tells us, he just simple stuff. Love, man. Give. Sir, walk this out. Just turn left, man. Just scoot a little bit to the right. Well, hold on. If I go right, this, no, you don't understand. I see something you don't see. But don't we struggle with that? How, how messed, I don't know if he'd keep his job long. If the quarterback said, he took his helmet off, you see him at halftime, rip those things out and put it, y'all just shut it. I'm going to walk, I'm going to do everything now. No, I'm going to do this. But listen, your pride has to do this. Your pride has to be set down. Your pride has to be set aside and say, I I trust that you see something I don't see. I trust that there's something out there that you're trying to protect me from, keep me from. And if I just listen to you and walk this out, man, you'll see God moving and doing these things in your life. I'm going to give you two things. Real quick, that in your mind, you need to get settled today. So, so I'll jot these down. This is good. Two things that you need to get settled in your mind when you're talking about the helmet of salvation and you're walking this thing out by faith. Number one is this, that I am saved. You need to settle that in your mind. I, we were having a cool conversation and, and, and I, I, about salvation, and I, I don't know, I, I believe that you can know that you're saved. You know, I can't know that it's you, you're saved or not. I, can't, I don't know. I can't judge that. I can't make that call for you. You and God understand and know that. But you have to make the decision and know in your heart that you're saved, that you trust God's word and you believe it by grace and by faith. You've accepted this and you've accepted the gifts. So you have to trust the system. You have to trust God's word. You have to believe it's true. And you have to make up the decision and make the choice that now I'm settling this in my mind that I'm saved. What if you're here and you're not? This is the day-to-day that you can get saved. We're going we're gonna to put a few folks in the water in a couple of weeks and celebrate baptism of folks who made the choice because every person in this room who is a Christian, who knows salvation, who is settled today in their mind that they're saved, they all had to make the choice. Remember, none of us were born and come into this earth, come out of mama, you know, raising our hands, you know, celebrating our salvation. Everybody come into this world sinners. We all needed God's gift of grace. So you have to settle in your mind. Believe God's word, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Come on. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new creature in him, man. You can have the assurance of salvation today. You can believe in that. Salvation, that's a big word. It means this. It's the word soterion in the Greek. And it doesn't just mean to just pull you out and just deliver you. You'll see it written that way in a lot of times when you read Scripture. But in our text today and about four or five other places in Scripture, the word salvation here is the word soterion. And it is huge. And it's a big deal. It's the word we use for Christian salvation. But listen to what it says, the definition. It means saving and bringing salvation. He who embodies this salvation or through whom God is about to achieve it. Third thing is this. It is the hope of future salvation. 
So listen to this word. Listen to the helmet of salvation that you're putting on your head. When you put this on, this means this. It means that today if you accept Christ or you've already made that decision, that means you are saved. It means this. It means that you're being saved. The good news is, and I love it, the third thing, and it means all of them, that you will be saved. Man, do you hear that this it is it's assurance today? This in word, it's only inclusive. It, this can only be used for the Christian. Nobody else can say, man, I'm saved, being saved, going to be saved, except the believer in Christ. It's the helmet of salvation we put on. And so we take that, we put on the helmet of salvation, and we get settled in our mind, and we believe that nothing the enemy says is going to be able to change that. And I'm walking this out. I'm trusting God. I'm, I am saved as I'm ever going to be. I'm just saved. But you know what? What's going to happen tomorrow? I'm just going to get saved. Now, we used to do this a lot in church. When I grew up, man, we, we had to get like saved every day, man, every Sunday because we were so worried in between, you know, Sunday to Sunday that we didn't say something, did something. We had to get saved again, amen, because we lived this life in fear. Man, I'm telling you, you've heard my stories, man. That I remember coming home, nobody being home, and I thought they were supposed to be home. And I, I and I get there, man. I, 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 man, just begin to struggle. Mom and daddy wasn't there. I'm, I'm worried. I'm freaking out. What's going on? And where are they at? What's happening? Because I live in this place of fear. I didn't understand the helmet of salvation. I didn't understand that God saved me, saving me, and he's going to save me one day, man, totally fulfill me ever, forever with him in heaven, man, salvation through him. It's kind of neat that we do this. When we sin, you know, here we pastors go ahead and just go ahead and let you in on that and encourage you that one, that when you sin, not if you sin, when you sin, that you should do this, we should repent. Repentance is word that means this. It doesn't mean we used to do this a lot, church. We teach this as just this military term that means you just turn around, and you turn around, and it sends you in the other direction, but the word's metanoia. It means this. It means you change your mind because you can do this. You can turn around, but if you never change your mind, it won't be long. You're going to be going back around the same direction you already went. But you make up in your mind, you settle in your mind that I'm not going in this direction. I'm changing my mind, which again in turn is going to change my direction and God's going to change my life. And you're going to begin to walk stuff out. You're going to see God do these things. So again, you're safe. You're as saved as you're ever going to be saved. God's done this in your, in your life. You just, man, I'm just saved, man. How goofy would it be today if they, if they came to your house, hooked up the water, the water company sent the water to it, you went out to the road and then turned it on you walk back inside and you say, man, I don't have any water. And then you do this. You pick up the phone, call the water company. The water guy gets in his truck, comes out there, checks the stuff at the road, looks at the road, says everything's on. He calls the company and said, you've already sent it down here to this road, this house, right? Yeah, but we've already sent it there. Well, what's the problem? We don't have it inside. What do you mean? Let's walk inside. See, I don't see any water. You walk up to the faucet and the guy turns it on and water comes out. And then you tell the guy, man, hey, I'm going to be back in here in a little while brushing my teeth. If you don't mind coming back by then, I appreciate it. Tomorrow morning about 7, if you can meet me, I'm going to be getting a shower, getting cleaned up, getting ready, shaving, doing my thing, getting ready for work. If you don't mind coming by, be goofy. They've done their part. They've got it to you. They've, they've, they sent it to your house. Everything's turned on. Salvation's been applied. And then you just do this. You turn the faucet. Then you start walking it out. You say, man, I'm settled forever in my mind. I'm saved. Second thing is this. I will live saved. I know I am saved is more fun than that. No, actually, no, it's not. You know, I will live saved is more fun than just I am saved. 
Because when you start living saved, you start walking this out, and God begins to do this stuff in your life, it just begins to change, man. You see God do this stuff. Now, listen, you're saved first, then you live saved. We, I, I, we, man, we, we weren't good at this in, in, back in the day, man. Some of the stuff I got taught. You, you live saved, and then you're saved. No, you, you get saved, then you go live saved. You walk this out, and you begin to do this. You mean if I, if I live a certain way, I'm going to be... No, you live a certain way because you are saved. And I love what Paul said, man. I love his writings. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Only by God's grace. Only by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Hear that? I, I know why I am where I am because of the grace of God, but man, you know something? I'm going to labor. I'm going to do works for the kingdom of God. I'm going to work this thing out. I'm going to walk it out because you know what the ultimate goal is? Make Jesus known and get other people saved like you are. Man, so you do this stuff that God's put up for you. You walk this out. You labor hard. But you have to sometimes, it's tough, it's difficult. You have to get in your mind and understand that this is the day. This is who he's made me. I'm this new creation. He loves me. And you sometimes have to be reminded of that. We, if Our story is, is pretty cool, man, and we love this. And I'm going to be writing a book one day, man. Your pastor's going to write a book. So I'm going to need some of you English teachers and stuff to help me out. When I get ready to start laying this out, man, because I don't think I'll be able to sell many copies if I say, dude, yo, what's up? All that kind of stuff in the whole thing. So y'all got to, have to help me out. But I'm going to write a book on the spirit of adoption. There's some things God's put in my heart and showed me about this situation. Our youngest son, it, it was adopted, and we adopted him about six years ago now. And, and he's about to be eight years old on Tuesday. And I'm getting good at this daddy thing. He's about to be eight years old. And, and, and it's really cool. And I, and, I, and I love this about him. And I love what God showed me about adoption. It was so cool. I mean, I love it. I'll never forget the day we were in court, the day this thing got settled. We made the decision. We made the choice. God done this work in our heart and through a lot of circumstances, situations, put us in a courtroom one day to adopt Caleb. And I love what the judge did. The judge did this. He, he put the gavel down and he looked at us and he says, I grant every right to Caleb as a son and you every right as a father and parent. And I went, man, that's cool. The Bible says this, that we've been given the spirit of adoption. That we can do this. We can cry out, Abba, Father. Daddy, in the most intimate term, we can cry that out. We can call that to him. But you know what I do with Caleb? Some of the things I do, and I have to do it with my other kids, and I have to remind them sometime, and I have to tell our, my kids this is the situation. Sometimes they do things maybe they shouldn't do, like all of us. Amen? I tell them, and I ask Caleb sometimes, dude, what's your last name, man? Rogers. We get in my truck. It's a trip. I'm taking him to school, and one of the things I always said, who's your buddy? Daddy. Listen at that. He gets in trouble, look at him. We talk, we share, we, we spend some time, we talk about what happened. I said, man, what's your last name? Rogers. You know something? I said, this is how Rogers roll. This is how we do it. And I use it as a teaching moment. I begin to share with him. This is how we flow. This is how we do it. You know something? You have to go ahead and get settled in your mind that you're a believer in Christ by faith. And then you do this. You have to be reminded of it sometime. 
You know, sometimes we come to church, get equipped, and just get reminded, man, that you're a believer, that you, you have this thing in your life. You have a new identity in him, this new walk. You're a new Christian, and because of what he's done today for you, you can go live this out and walk it out by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Jot this, highlight it, write it down. We spend a lot of time on the first couple of verses of it, but I want to look at verse 10. Josh, if you can hook that up for me. It says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. First part of that talks about us by, by grace through faith we're saved, but then we do this. Because we're saved, he created you and designed you to do works for him. So that, what's I mean? I'm just living saved. I'm just walking this out, doing this, and listening. Sometimes the quarterback don't listen. Sometimes they don't listen. Sometimes that you, you've seen this and there's been issues and it usually makes the news and somebody gets mad and throws a clipboard or has them in the thing. They're talking. And they said the quarterback wouldn't listen, wouldn't do his thing. You know, sometimes this is it. If you don't listen when the Holy Spirit speaks and says something to you, sometimes you get carried off the field on a stretcher in a good place. Sometimes, I mean, it, it, it gets difficult. Sometimes, man, you lose a job. Sometimes you're up looking at there holding a sign and you're looking for a job because you didn't listen to what the Holy Spirit said in your life. Today, here's the deal. There's someone speaking into your heart and life. There's a coach up there who right now is speaking to each person in this room. And we know this because of what all this series has been about. We know there's an enemy talking to you, trying to tell you lies. But there's also a Holy Spirit today speaking to you. Here's the deal. We make the choice whether we trust that and listen to it We'll make our own decision and our choice and say, nah, I got it figured out. Answer and choice is ours. 